1: Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Eben Novi williams and this is the $60 million sports tech entertainment VC fund sports business podcast, The Sportacast.
0: Whoa, Eben, that's a mouthful. You took the circuitous route, but... For what we're in store for, I guess it makes sense because we are chatting with Meredith McFerrin. She's the CEO of the venture fund Drive By DraftKings. And Meredith, earlier in the week, not a uh, bad announcement coming out of Drive By DraftKings when you, you get to say that you've uh, raised $60 million. What I gotta tell you though, more eye popping for me than the number because maybe we get a little numb to all this, you know, when we get so many deals and, oh, you see the valuations of things these days, you know, that it is some sort of eye popping stuff. But it's the who, not the how much. So if I can rattle it off, Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, the Dolan family, Todd Boley, by the way, going to be taking part in our live event coming up later in the month. I was with Todd for about 30 minutes earlier in the week. Our, our friends over at Arctos. Uh, th- that's a who's who in sports and entertainment. I'm guessing that's part of the plan, though.
2: Yes. So first of all, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is a privilege to be calling all of those people and more partners in our fund. And uh, I think that's part of the secret sauce and the special special position that we have uh, in sports tech venture investing
1: we had Sam Kennedy, who's a, a, on your advisory board, I believe. He was on the podcast last week. We talked to him kind of at length about what it means to have LeBron James as an investor in Fenway Sports Group, in the in the Red Sox, in Liverpool. Give us a sense of outside of just the capital, obviously, what does it mean to have some of the most powerful owners, some of the most powerful companies in this business backing you guys and working with you guys as you look to, to, to invest some money?
2: Right. Well, first of all, each, each one of those, those people that you mentioned and, and the groups behind them are, are, are really special. I think this is, um, a unique group because they're owners, they're innovators, they're entrepreneurs themselves, many of them that have built really special franchises that understand the markets and the fan base and the player community that they connect with. They um, are bold and competitive and decisive, and all of those things. And so, it's just like the people we invest in the people who are invested in us, I think, are similar to um, just in scaled versions of the entrepreneurs that we're going to invest in. And so, they give us, um, I think, access and insight into the markets that we're invested in. They have a similar Energy and spirit around what we're doing, so we're sort of mission aligned um, on so many levels. So uh, it's it's exciting, it's important, and I think that it's going to help both us and the companies that we invest in.
0: Can you give me a little uh, uh, crash course on fundraising? Uh, we did a story not long ago with the boys from Arctos. You know, Doc O'Connor and Ian Charles, friends of the program like they're, they're fundraised about $3 billion and it's not easy to go out there and get money these days. What is the process like for you? How do you hard target the who? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's just strategic principle and, and just the process. How do you go about asking folks for money and what sorts of things do they want to know from you?
2: Right. That's a great question. Uh, so, so first and foremost, I think you have to have a really clear vision of your own, of what you want to do? What's your strategy? How you're different? How you're going to invest and in whom? Uh, and I think may I
0: interject? Uh, we're chatting with Meredith McFerrin, by the, the fund CEO of Drive by Draftings. Meredith, what what is your strategy and how are you different?
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Let's start there. Let's
0: get to
1: right. it.
2: <laughs> okay. So right, we are a multi stage venture firm in sports tech and entertainment. And that's all we do. We focus on on that space. We define it in in four buckets of sports and gaming, media and fan engagement, human performance, and then data analytics and monetization. And we invest in entrepreneurs that are driving the future of play and performance. So that's a pretty broad mandate with a, a very large market size, which I think everybody I'm sure listening to this podcast knows how quickly that space is growing and transforming. We have a unique position, as what we've been talking about, because we do have such a fantastic partnership group, a platform that is exciting not only with our founding partners, but also with this incredibly strategic LP base that we've announced today, but also with our All-Star Network, which is an advisory group that has nine people on it that includes just incredibly elite athletes and leaders in tech, media, and gaming all focused on the space, on uh, leaders in their craft and want to invest and help us support the companies that are in the space together. So that's what we do.
1: This is probably a question you get a lot because of the name. Well, what's the relationship between Drive by DraftKings and DraftKings? Because it might not be what I think a lot of people I, out I, I, there... I, I, I know this is audio, included. but
0: I have my finger <laughs> my hand is. in the air. I can answer this one if you want to. I mean, Meredith, you ought to take it, but you know, I, I can want do this, to see this one. see
2: how well you can do. Let's see. Well, <laughs> you know.
0: oh, okay. Well, I mean, you're owned by DFKS. So you have to understand that's a joint venture owned in part by DraftKings. And the CEO, of course, we all know Jason Robbins. He's been on the program as well. The CFO and the fund accomplice. So the name all is right. in there, but you're not really owned by or affiliated with DraftKings.
2: Okay. That, that was a pretty good start. But let me just make sure that I
1: <laughs> She gave I you verify. a C. She gave you a
2: C.
0: <laughs> I was expecting F maybe, but that's okay. I'll take it.
2: I think the easiest way to understand us is this. We are an independent venture capital firm. And, and DraftKings is um, a, a very important anchor investor in our fund. They, along with three other venture funds, were founding partners as we established our entity. So yes, DraftKings and three venture firms, General Catalyst, accomplished and Boston Seed Capital got us started. When we then launched a fund, they all became investors in our fund, and they're strategically important because we collaborate, you know, so much about it, about all of this is not just what the structure is, but what the soft tissue is. Do you build ideas together? Do you connect? Can you invest together? Do you open doors for each other? That's all the things that we do, lend insight, collaborate, but we also are independent. And I think that's a really important uh, idea that we just need to make sure we get across. We're an independent firm. We make our own investment decisions and, uh, but we work together closely with all those friends.
1: You listed all those four kind of buckets that you guys are looking at. I would argue that sports betting and gaming kind of potentially could fall into any, any of those four. Uh, is that an area that you guys are looking to to do more work in?
2: Yeah, we absolutely. We look um, at the technology that I think enables that space. Uh, so we would look at the underlying tech that is driving sports betting and iGaming and eSports. When we get into other types of gaming uh, that, for instance, are related to the metaverse or NFT and crypto gaming intersections, that whole hot space, we are uh, very bullish on it and we are in the game on that for sure.
0: 10 minutes from my head starting to hurt. And, I, and I've read the Jacob Feldman explainer on the metaverse. So I, I do know, by the way, some pro sports owners are buying plots of land in mm-hmm. the metaverse. And from mm-hmm. what I understand, you let me know if this is right, Meredith. From what I understand, the true value of the plot is derived from who your neighbors are.
2: Yes. Right. Is that any different than... No. Right. Yeah. It right? Sounds familiar. L- location, location, familiar, location, even in the metaverse. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean, I think you just think about the metaverse as the successor to the internet. It's just shared experiences and virtual spaces. Virtual spaces have value, you know, if they're next to other attractive virtual spaces or if there's a way to um, have an experience that you want. So, you know, this is a pretty integrated digital first economy that we have. And and that's one of, you know, the, the most exciting areas, I think, is as we think about whether you call it synthetic reality or the merging of virtual and physical, it's here. It's here, and um, I'm of curious
1: ways. about the metaverse specifically. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. talking about potentially investing in companies that have product that applies to, in some ways, a world that doesn't exist right now, or and we don't even really know what it's going to look like. That seems so much harder to me than investing in a product in which you can understand in, in your own daily life right now. Oh, kind he's of making it easier for you not to
0: produce high returns. Come on, Evan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um yeah i would argue it is here it is here you know it's uh it feels like uh when we you know walk outside our doors like wait hey, well is it here but it's it is all around us the way we what we look at on our phones the way we interact in many ways with mixed reality um artificial reality looking at how we wayfind our way through on uh, digital maps i mean it is it is here. So it's just a matter of time and our own comfort level, which I think we in the venture world eternally optimistic, thinking about what the future looks like and and where we might go with it, not being afraid of it, but being able to embrace it, even if it takes you small steps.
1: Who's doing this really well? We can be a portfolio company of yours or, or one that's not. Fortnite certainly jumps out to me in Epic Games, but but who do you see in the metaverse right now that you think, oh, that's a that's a good that's a company that has it right, at least right now.
2: Right. I mean, well, looking at roadblocks, it's hard to deny that they're doing something really right. But I think all those that you mentioned are right there as well. This is a social environment where role play exists and people are driving uh, and kids, great community experiences, learning. Um, and so it's not that it's without, uh, you know, worry, let's just say there's there's uh concern probably in every aspect of our lives. But but there's a, a lot of really exciting things going on. And I actually think that there's implications for sports as well in here as you know hybrid events exist. And, and you know, we all got into that when we were forced to with the pandemic. How do we experience things virtually? Uh, and and I think we're just getting started.
0: We're chatting with Meredith McFerrin, the CEO of the Venture Fund Drive by DraftKings. And Meredith, now you're dealing with pro sports team owners, and you know there's two ways to increase returns. You can lower cost and you can increase revenue, right? Of course, you'd love to do both. Now, the highest cost, the number one cost for pro sports team owners is the, the players. That's, that, that's it. I have long argued that when the day comes where owners can stage events, and people will come and watch, but they don't have to play pay the players. That's the holy grail of pro sports team ownership, and I feel as if we're moving in that direction. I've already seen betting on virtual events, no players, virtual mm-hmm. tennis games, and mm-hmm. get, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if people are willing to risk their hard earned money on that, I don't see why it would be so different if it was under the banner and uniform of. NFL, NBA, MLB. Am I crazy or is this a world that may exist and we'll see Jerry Jones and Todd Bowley and Bob Kraft and the Dolan family chuckling and laughing all the way to the bank?
2: (laughs) We'll have to see. <laughs> uh, and you just have to ask them yourself <laughs> that's a big dream but let's see
0: <laughs> but but you said it does have a f- wide impact on sports like wh- where are we like what do we where do we see the utilization of everything you're talking about which teams uh which leagues i mean uh, the nba is always considered tech friendly they have their tech summit at all star uh, wh- where really are where where for the average person who may not understand they're actually living it and seeing it and breathing it can you point to some example and say this is what i'm talking about
2: yeah I mean, just just look at like what's going on with ticketing. I think you guys have covered that. I mean, it's really interesting, but like NFTs and tickets um, where we're just tech is transforming the um, experience of even just entering and being a part of it. it's not just a ticket to get in for this one game, it might be a ticket to connect for, you know, as a uh, a fan engaged for a long time, if that's an NFT, access to privileged experiences, differentiated, differentiated um, kinds of access that you can get. The fact that you can, like you said, be able to participate remotely and feel like a part of the experience, even if you're actually not right there in the stadium and in the stand. So I think it's all changing. Um, there's You know, when you look at not just sports, but live entertainment, how musicians and artists are moving into, back to the metaverse, to actually split their concert schedule, part live and part actually online, right? My son
0: blew my mind when he and all his pals were on playing uh, Fortnite and there was a marshmallow concert. I had no idea what he was talking about, but my Lord, I I learned pretty quickly how many people tuned in.
2: Oh, and they're throwing up emotes and they're engaged. And so <clears throat> it's, excuse me, it's just, um, it's wild. <laughs> it's changing fast, but I think that um, there's room for both. Look at the, you know, the race back to live and even with the young people, I think Sam talked about it, more young people at the baseball games going, you know, than he's ever seen. Before more electricity, more excitement in the stadiums, there's room for both. There's no need to fear. I think we're just expanding our universe into men- more entertainment options, m- greater engagement. So, yes, I'm optimistic.
0: It, it was Eben. That wasn't the most robust declaration, but I believe Meredith just declared herself a listener of the Sportacast.
1: Hello. She, I she, she listened to Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <not that. laughs> and we thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, I know you know some VC funds that they they vary in terms of how much the money they've raised they're going to put into new investments how much they're kind of save to kind of reinvest in the companies that they see what is your you know some are fifty fifty some you know weighted it the other way what's what's how are you divvying up the money you've just raised in terms of scatter plot and then holding back to see who's who's really delivering and, and you want to reinvest in
2: right. We we do feel it's real important to support the companies that we invest in, so we do reserve uh, a, a really good part of our fund to follow on for those that that need it, that are off off to the races, and that we can back through multiple stages of growth.
1: How do you decide where to how, kind of how to make that? Is it uh, how, yeah? What the ratio yeah. is when you decide to deploy that second round of capital into right. the follow ons that are worth it?
2: You know, we're we're pretty. Um, you know, th- there's an art and science to it right but um I think depends on where they are and their growth uh if we are investing really early where it's it's more around an insight and a team than necessarily uh, even a specific product yet then those that that reinvestment will um, will follow that early journey <laughs> into its experimentation stage if we feel like there's progress being made. There's experiments being run. The founding team is executing, de-risking as they go, but finding the product market pathway. Uh, then it can be a little bit looser in the earliest stages. As it's later, as the later stages, um, you know, co- come come forth, then it's metrics based. There's KPIs that we understand from them that they're trying to hit and. Uh, and then we look at, are you hitting them and if not, why, and what's, what's the power of the the team with regard to execution and being able to, um, you know, deliver on a promise to their customers, to the market and to the investors. So it sort of depends because we're multi-stage, we look at it differently depending on what stage and growth, but, um, we have a pretty clear picture of our thesis, what we're investing in, who and why, and, uh. And so, you know, that, that helps us quite
1: a bit. I've heard a lot of investors say invest in the in the people and not the idea. But it sounds like at the beginning there, you're saying that sometimes you guys are deploying capital with people that maybe not, don't even have a full rounded idea or product yet. They're just that impressive as a, as a founder or as a developer that you guys think, okay, we're, we're willing to, you know, give a little bit of money here to see what they can turn this into.
2: Right. I think, you know, those are special people, but we you have to get your head around a really material insight If something that is going to change what's a, what the future looks like. And if you connect with an entrepreneur that has a vision of the future that we think is truly differential, oftentimes an intersection between lots of different trends and things that are happening, that makes sense. That's a, a movement, a vision for how, Either consumers can behave differently, or industry can change. Then, absolutely, yes, we'll get behind that. And we don't expect right away for that to be a an idea fully or a product fully materialized. Those are special; those are rare. But those oftentimes change everything.
0: When you say rare, how rare are we talking? You take how many meetings uh, do you leave and you say this is this is it? This is one of them. Like I I feel it on this person.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say with which one, but I, I'm just coming off a meeting of one this morning where I thought, you know, this is really interesting. It's a, it's a, some ways a, a new world vision of, uh, how things, how, how, uh, people and it's in the gaming space because I think they are particularly innovative right now, um, but it's, you know, different economy, a different way of playing, a different way of interacting. Uh, and and it, it's special, I think, when, when you hear people articulate something that's truly different. And so then you have to make a bet and it's very risky. There's lots of friction in the way. Uh, and that's when, you know, even as you're saying, you have to be prepared to join, you know, the movement underway with them. And it's a journey. Being an entrepreneur is not easy, and we get that 100%. Yeah, tell tell me
0: that. about it. And, and yeah. by the way, Eben doesn't have this concern, but like, I, I actually I, I get a little facial tick when you describe that, because if you go all the way down the funnel, I mean all the way down the funnel, there resides a 12-year-old in my house... That (laughs) will make you rich by saying, "Dad, and my credit card is on that darn Xbox, and you know I I know how this is going to play out. It's just going to suck money out of my wallet because if you think it's that great of an idea, there's that kid at the bottom of the funnel, and it's going to cost me, isn't it?
2: (laughs) It just (laughs) may. It just may.
1: (laughs) That could be me, by the way. To be clear, yeah. Well, you could be the twelve-year-old, but (laughs) (laughs) spending my own credit card money on, on on things like this,
2: right? But it's a third of the world population, so it's not just kids. And that's a thing.
0: And Meredith, we'll get you out of here on this. I'm just curious. We often describe the sports teams in college as sort of the, the front porch. You know, it, it's, hmm. I, I feel like that's what the athletics are for all of the things you're talking about, the companies you invest in. If, let me go by your investors, if the Cowboys use it, if the Patriots use it, if the Knicks use it, if the Dodgers use it, it's, it, boy, that's great front porch. And then you have the ability to scale.
2: Right. Absolutely. I think there's, you know, what you're describing as influencers, people that we respect that the mass market looks to for guidance on what might be also good for them. And so oftentimes we will start with, uh, and, and companies will start with a deployment like Whoop, for instance, with premier elite athletes. And then people look to them and say, you know what, I think that can help me too.
0: Hey, Willa Medget get his started at an NFL pitch day. He won the competition of an NFL pitch day.
2: There we go. We're,
0: we're in mine right <laughs> now. Oh. Right. I, by, the, exactly. by the way, full disclosure, I was a judge that day. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, the ticket right there. <laughs> so yes, I, mean, <laughs> I think it works. And I think, um, you know, there's, there's other ways to get to market. It's not the only way, but it's powerful.
0: All right, Meredith McFerrin, the CEO of the Venture Fund Drive by DraftKings. Thank you very much. We do appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. Great to be with you.
0: I was not kidding, Eben. After, what, 20 some odd minutes, my head starts to hurt. We're talking metaverse uh, and the changes that are coming. And my, my kid's going to be spending more money on the gaming. This is really not where I needed to be right now. But anyway, we do thank Meredith because it is darn interesting stuff to find out the future of sports, he is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnik on Twitter at Soshnik. Our social media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will very soon become the Sportico Podcast Network.